Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can follow us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Uh, John, it's good to see you. That was a rusty start. Yeah, I'm really sorry, guys. But it's because it's Listen, man, I can't be perfect all the time. You take a month off, this is what's going to happen. I feel better. I feel refreshed after the month off. Yeah. I'm back. Mm-hmm. A time to think, reflect. Yes. Figure out what I can do better. Sure. Will some... Will we actually do better? No. Dot, dot. No. I just thought about it. it just, <laughs> I just want everybody to know that we've considered being better. It's just a matter of want to versus ability. Yeah. So we're going to do all we can. Um it's uh, still not sports season, and before mm. we get into any actual sports, we're going to talk uh, NBA draft, as the draft lottery was, uh, I believe it was last night or a couple nights ago, um, and we're going we're to talk about uh, a lot of basketball on this podcast, but first, um, some timely news given the, the dropping of this pod was uh, Michigan State, this, again, this is not sports related, but... Um, in the Larry Nasser case, Michigan State University has reached a $500 million settlement with the uh, victims of Larry Nasser, uh, settling um, 332 different suits against the university. Um, as we always do, we want to push you guys towards real journalists that are reporting on this stuff because, frankly, um, we are not that and we have never claimed to be. Uh, I think. You know, but we we owe it to you as fans of the university and many of you proud alumni um, to keep you up to date on this type of stuff. Uh, you know, in in terms of an opinion or, or what we've taken away from this, just but you know, between John and I, we were kind of talking about it before we started. Um, we, we are not the ones to to say whether this is enough, whether this is obviously not. You know, this cannot make up for all of no. the horrendous things that Larry Nasser did. And frankly, we don't know if this is enough money. I mean, it seems it, it is some money. It's a large sum of money, but I don't know that there's ever enough money to cut to, to truly reconcile what happened. However, I will say for myself that it's nice to see after 
a lot of really half-hearted and seemingly cold things coming from the higher up and the brass at the university. It's nice to see something that is objectively positive yeah. happening. Yeah. Whether it's positive enough is is up to yeah, I think to the individual to decide. You're right. I mean, what we what I can't say and I don't know is, you know, in a, is there a certain amount of money that can can be the right amount? I don't know. But what we can say is that it seems like, for once, there's something trending in the positive direction. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, and it seems like it's you know given the discussions given. Everything that has been in the news regarding this, the hearings, the the ridiculous things that the board members have been saying, John Engler has said some stuff that has not sat well and should not sit well with any alumni. For all of that negativity and all of that seemingly lack of seeming lack of direction, to have something that is objectively positive and going putting money in the hands of the right people who were irrevocably wronged is at least something good. So again, we want to direct you guys towards real journalists who can actually give you true uh, insight into this type of stuff. Again, this is just from from two guys, but we, we felt uh, an obligation to at least make you aware of it. So check out you know all the major nationwide outlets, CNN, obviously Lansing State Journal's done a fantastic job. Free Press, Detroit News have also done a fantastic job. So make sure to check them out. For more on this, I'm, uh, I'm sure there will be much, much more to come on this all, uh, hopefully in the near future. That's right. Um, all right. So, switch gears? yeah, we're going to switch gears a little bit to get to the stuff that we are actually kind of qualified. Well, no. qualified is a good term, but we actually uh, will talk, talk about more often on these podcasts. We're going to talk some basketball. So, like I said, um, to start off, the NBA draft lottery was earlier this week. Yeah. The Phoenix Suns ended up getting the first pick. Um, Sacramento coming in at number two. Atlanta checking in at number three. Now, this isn't an NBA podcast per se. However, Michigan State lost a lot of faces coming out off of last year's team. And two of them might just get taken in this uh, lottery area. We expect to hear a couple names called... um, Jaron Jackson and Miles Bridges, obviously. However, oh, I thought we were talking about what? Tom. Oh, those are the Lou two. Rawls? You don't you? Oh, well, listen, Miles I, and Jaren I said two. lottery, not yeah. late first round. Sure. So, okay. Um, Keep going. I also said NBA. Oh, bat, bat, We're talking about basketball still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm caught up. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> the Miles and Jaron were not the only two to graduate. Yeah. So we had some others. Ben Carter. Um, you may remember him from the him from Syracuse the, game. The better times. <laughs> yeah, we're not bitter. Signed to play in Israel. Good for him. Sure. All right, moving along. Uh, Mr. Gavin Schilling will no longer be with the team. He has been the team for so long that he even saw a Final Four. Wow. Yeah, he started on a Final Four team. People forget that. He and Tum Tum started on a Final Four team. Man. And they couldn't. And you know what? They combined for. Um, Two minutes in their senior year loss yeah. to Syracuse in the second round. My, how the turntables. What the heck? All <laughs> uh, right. And for the record, they combined for 31 minutes played in the Final Four when they were freshmen. Listen, man, they will forever have soft spots in my heart. Uh, I, and I got a question for you. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I don't know what Gavin is planning to do post-career, but we have said, I've said on this podcast, that I think if Michigan State allows Tum Tum out of East Lansing, they're crazy. What do you think the odds are of him ending up somewhere on either the main bench or the one right behind it where some coaches also sit? Soon. Soon. Not right away. Over under years. I'll go... One and a half. Ooh. Over one and a half. Okay. Because I think that Lou Rawls is going to do some other things first. I think that seat yeah. is there. It's just waiting for him. I think it so. should be. I think it is. And and uh, I think he's going to go and do some other things. Uh, maybe back where he is originally from. I think he yeah. had some things that he wanted to try and do from a leadership standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the world is definitely his oyster. I think we all saw a little um, special... Something special from him, um, and more than just uh, the basketball court. Yeah, I thought it was worth noting. He finished fifteenth all time in MSU assists, and I thought that was like pretty Man. relevant, um, especially considering his his senior and you know halfway through his junior year, he was probably seeing less court time than his freshman and sophomore year. He definitely was. So I thought that was pretty impressive, and for what it's worth, have a tracker going on our boy who supplanted him, young Cassius. Yeah. And he he is on pace to, I think we even said on this podcast, um, we predicted that he would surpass Mateen Cleaves for all-time assists. Yeah. And still tracking. So, S- yeah. pretty impressive. Still tracking and going to have an even bigger workload here in the next uh, two years. One, one name you'll notice we've not mentioned is Nicholas Ward. Um, can't talk. We don't know. We can't really talk about him yet. We don't know. Um, the early entry date is uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, I read that he has had a few private workouts scheduled. Um, was not invited to the NBA combine. Was not invited to the combine. Uh, which the NBA, to me, like if you're not invited to the NFL combine, that's a problem. Th- that's a problem, but that's okay. Like. The, there's seven rounds. Yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> you know, you're saying. 256 players or something like that that get taken mm-hmm. in the NFL. The NBA, there are, well, there are 30, 30 spots in the first round where you're guaranteed to have a contract. Mm-hmm. And then there's 30 spots in the second round where uh, because you're not guaranteed to get a contract or the years aren't guaranteed necessarily, um, a lot of those picks goes towards the draft and stash type players. Yep. Um, so realistically, you're if unless you're one of forty-five, call it players, yeah, that you're not getting. you're not gonna make a team. I mean, yeah. now you might. No. I don't have any doubt that he, if he were to go into this draft, would uh, get picked up by somebody's D league. His stats are too incredible. He's clearly talented enough at rebounding the ball and scoring in the low post that someone will find a spot for him. Mm-hmm. Or if he wanted to go to Europe. He could be a very good European yeah, player as well. Um, however, 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 <laughs> not getting invited to that combine is not a great sign of what the it's NBA a big thinks. Big deal. There are eight Big Ten guys that were invited to the combine. He wasn't one of them. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, and we'll talk about maybe a few other Big Ten guys who might get picked up later. But I want you to watch. We're recording this before the uh, game two of the Golden State Warriors Houston Rockets game, and I'm going to say this before even watching the game. I would encourage everyone to watch how much um, switching yeah. is taking place in that game and how many 
uh, high pick and rolls happen to find the matchup that they are hunting for. If you think for one second that Nick Ward wouldn't be hunted when Steph Curry is on oh, the floor, I mean... so now you have, so you can see where an improved lateral movement needs to be an immediate. The player that you need to watch mm-hmm. to see how much tick he gets is David West because oh, that's okay. the only player sure. to me that is even comparable. Comparable, and that's a thirty-four, thirty-five-year-old mm-hmm. David West. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's the type of role niche. That's that's Nick Ward at this point. That's his ceiling. So Nick needs to not in, out. not in terms of a career. I mean, yep. in terms of today's David yep. West. So he needs to figure out how to get a short jumper. Short. I mean, at a minimum. Yep. So at a minimum, he needs a short jumper. At yep. a maximum, he needs to gain some serious foot speed. Yep. And it's just gonna be tough. He he. Now again, this is sort of sad in a way, but he. You say this about players all the time in a lot of different sports. But truly, he is just a guy for a wrong era. I mean, if you go back to the '90s, Nick Ward, bully ball as a as a power forward alongside a big ass center, yeah. when you could play two bigs on either block. I mean, he would be, I have no question he would be a top 15, 20 pick yeah. easily and, and contribute. Yeah. But foot speed matters. Look at Caleb Swanigan. Yep. Caleb Swanigan did not do a whole lot in Portland this year. And we thought he was a stud. I mean, he was right. a stud in college. We, he was I, a superstar. It was just like, he was easily the Big Ten player of the year. And he had a jumper. So. And he had a little more foot speed. And mm-hmm. he had a little more size and longer arm. Like. It's going to be a tough go for Nick if he decides to go. That do not misinterpret this as us not rooting for him. Yep. Because I want him to be successful, so successful. be it anywhere, uh, because he's Spartan. Yeah. And he seems like a great kid, and he's given us a lot of passion. Uh, however, however, again, um, I think it's in his best interest to come back. Yeah. Now there are some other guys, a couple other guys, who made what appears to be a very good decision. So young, to go to the pros. young Jaren, young, our Jaren. time together was so short, Ugh. but I enjoyed truly every minute you were on the floor and screamed for more of them. <laughs> uh, here, yeah. <laughs> right here. <laughs> I want to give a quick update to his final block totals. This is just one of the uh, many statistics that he was able to contribute to in right away, but his blocks update seventh uh, in Michigan State history all time. Seven. In blocks. In blocks. One year playing 20-ish minutes a game. That's important that he played 21 minutes a game. That's insane. That's uh, so upsetting. He finished... Oh, I'm so triggered. Six, oh, my God. <laughs> sixth in the Big Ten single season all time. Again, playing for just over half of a game. And this one this one is crazy to me. 72nd Big Ten career all time. 72nd. That's insane. Yeah, like in if, one year? how many players have ever played in the Big Ten. Only <laughs> 71. I mean, that's insane. Like, in any given year, you've got how many people on the roster? 15? Yep. 15 times... times 14. Four, oh, boy. Don't make me that's do it. That's some math right 201? there. 201? What? Is that right? I, we'll find oh, out boy. in a second. Yeah. Uh, so, you got a lot of Either guys. way, you're talking... All right, hold on. you got uh, a lot of guys that are... That are math? Minute. 210. Oh. Ah, carry the one. Where would I get 210. It's in there somewhere. Okay. Uh, 210 players every single year playing the Big Ten. Okay. Uh, over the course expanse of that, I mean, extrapolate that out over the entire existence of the conference. And only 71 individuals for their career Man. had more. That, you're right. That's I mean, insane. the other ones sound better because it's seven and six. Seems yeah, real no. Said That is truly incredible. Incredible. And so, um, farewell, Jaron. 
I mm. will follow you from yeah. afar. We are doffing our caps um, over here. There's another guy that's also taking off. Mm. Uh, one Miles Bridges. Yeah. And heard uh, of him? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He he good. Yeah. And I I, I want to do something here where what I'm about to do may upset you. It's controversial. So I want to make sure that if you're driving, you're at least in control of the situation. Yeah. Um, you know, since that Both said, hands on the wheel. That's ten said, and two. You're you're comfortable. Um, I am not compared. Yeah, I am. I'm you are. That's literally Miles what you're doing. Bridges to Magic Johnson, and <laughs> and be and here's why. Oh, I think I just heard people freak out. Yeah, you just heard <laughs> the screeching of the tires. I, I was shocked when I was just running some quick numbers to how similar, statistically, they lined up next to each other. And uh, what I want to do is just go through quickly um, how they compared and then give uh, my feedback for you know what I think that means. And then so, I'll give my feedback. Yes, you will. <laughs> so they both weirdly played exactly 62 games. Um, Miles made more field goals um, and attempted... Uh, more field goals, but um, Miles finished with a better field goal percentage at forty-seven percent. Magic's was forty-six point three. Again, eerily similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magic attempted far more free throws. In fact, uh, he attempted two hundred and forty-four more free throws in the same amount of games. That is a ton. Substantial. Um, that said, a very similar free throw percentage. Magic shooting eighty-one point six. Miles um, storming back from last year. Yeah, no kidding. And got it up to 77.6%. This is where it kind of gets really eerie. Ma- Magic had 1,059 points to Miles' 1,055. So Magic averaged 17.08 points per game. Miles averaged 17.02 points per game. Um, from a rebounding perspective, also weirdly ser- very similar. Magic had 471 uh, to Miles is 468, so that's a 7.6 to 7.55 rebounding uh, discrepancy. The assists get away from Miles. <laughs> yeah, the assist is, This is where the tables turneth. Miles uh, Miles averaged a pedestrian 2.39 assists per game to Magic Johnson's 7.29. 7.92. Sorry, 7.92 assists per game, which is just incredible on itself and i think it's we large. all know why that made magic who he was mm-hmm. that true like it's weird that seven and a half or excuse me five and a half assists per game can truly change like oh yeah someone's the way they they're seen I mean, but they are you can argue he changed the we changed the, the game. game of basketball because, he because was a, of those five because they were uh, you know, similar size you know i what i wanted to point out was i think we're going to miss miles a lot. Yeah. I think we knew that, but I think we put a lot on that kid and he produced. Yeah. And that was my point was to show that he did produce. You know, in it's, that segment it's there. sad. Like I, I see your point. I don't, that you are comparing them, but in terms of a legacy, like, okay, here's, here it is. In terms of a legacy, to me, there's no comparison. Right. One of them hung a banner, the yes. first in school history. The other one didn't make the sweet 16, which is, so sad yep. and a statement I never thought I would make. Yep. Um, but I think the point of Michigan State is going to, I don't think fans realize what is walking out the door yep. between not only, I mean, Miles and Jaron Jackson. Yes. 
it's a lot. It's substantial. That is a really, really good player. That is the two. I mean, you're talking about. We're talking about to talk about go through a mock draft, and they both might go in the lottery. Yeah. Um, and that's crazy. Like that just doesn't happen at schools unless you're the Kentuckys, the the Dukes of the world. But um, it also it's one of those things where it's almost like think about this last football season. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this last football season. More than I've enjoyed a season. I mean, yeah, in I, in I'm a way, you. I haven't enjoyed a season in a long time because expectations were not be ten and three, beat Michigan, beat Penn State. Expectations kind of led us to making this a really special season. And when you go into seasons with these super high expectations, or you put these super high expectations on players the way Miles Bridges had them placed upon him, deservedly, it just it makes it harder to appreciate what you're watching. You know what I... And it's, it's yeah. sad. <laughs> and you, you know I, what I read once, that happiness is simply reality minus expectation. Yes. Which is why the 30-win basketball season <laughs> truly brought very little happiness for everyone. Yeah. The I, expectation yeah. was a, so high yeah. that the reality matching it produced very little happiness. The football season, like you just said... The expectations were low. Yeah. I got they some were. shit for saying Michigan State could win eight or nine games. <laughs> so you can see yeah. how when the reality of ten wins yeah. surpassed the expectation, happiness was through the roof. Right. So It's uh, true. So, so, I mean, um, that's why Ohio State football fans are never happy. Yeah. I mean, for real. No, I get it. And I agree. And I can't imagine that would be very much Which fun. is why Michigan football fans are forever sad. Right, because <laughs> their expectation is so weirdly high every yeah. year, and the it's reality like you're not helping anyone, but anyone except for your enemies. <laughs> we laugh at you. I mean, I love it personally, but hey, um, but yeah, it's it's it, it. I'm excited for them to both get to the next level. I'm very excited to watch them. I think both of their games fit the next level really well. Yeah, uh, especially in today's game, they're both really solid pieces, but. It is sad to see them go, and, and I think this is where we officially close the book. They did one thing. We're going to close the season right here, and I want you to remember this. These statistics, you can take them one way or the other. You can say, right. wow, we should have done more, or yeah. wow, what a nice season. The team finished fourth all-time in Michigan State history in three-pointers with 290. They were second in Michigan State history all-time um, with 670 assists. Um, the 2016 team had 719, and they led the nation in assists, um, averaging over 19 a game. That is like a really fun basketball team to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 yet <laughs> and yet here we are. So we have people leaving. Yep. They are going to greener pastures in the association, as you say. So Austin and I thought we might do a little NBA mock draft. Yeah. Where we're going to find out where. The MSU Spartans might land, yeah. and, and we want you to stay with us all the way through the end of the lottery at the 14th pick with the the up-and-coming, up-and-coming spunky Denver Nuggets, yeah. led by one, kind of led by one Gary yeah. Harris. <laughs> kind of. Garris. But he is most, and he is my favorite player, so we're going to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and also, they're not bad. No, not So uh, we're going to make our way 1 through 14, have yeah. a few prop bets, and... Uh, Leave you for leave should, you. should be fun. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks after that. But here we go. This is going to be fun. Okay. So I think it's important to kind of preface this whole thing and say that the picks 
that we're going to make are a combination of what we would do and a combination of what we think, think. the teams will do. Now, one important thing to note, mm -hmm. these teams are all drafting in the lottery, which means what they might do could be epically stupid. And we're not stupid. And we're not epically stupid. That's <laughs> Wait. why I put that word there. Oh. <laughs> well, also... We're kind of dumb. Also, we're going to just pretend that trades don't exist during yes. the draft. Because that's impossible. No trades. However, yeah, I mean, some could we're, happen. Well, we're going to consider that some of the clientele on these teams may be traded. Yeah. Because of these picks. Mm -hmm. um, before we get started, I want to quick talk about the NBA draft show. You didn't watch the you, lottery show. You watched this, well, and I, mean, I watched it via Twitter, and it was it didn't seem good. It was a clown show. <laughs> it it made the March Madness sh like reveal show look competent. Yikes! That's a damning statement. It was insane. It it was insane. They tried to make thirty minutes of content out of a computer, like or like lottery ball. Yeah. Like, that's impossible. Yeah. And then they managed to bring in, like, a bunch of different people who had no personality. Yeah. And then each team just kind of sent somebody. You had people ranging from Jerry West to, like, the president of basketball operations of the Orlando Magic, who you've never heard of and might be a ghoul. And like, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf's fail son was there, wasn't he? Representing the, the Bulls? Probably. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. It was you like, had the actress from Twister representing <laughs> the Hawks. Like, like, what's happening? Got some stuff going on. I mean, she was standing, Austin, she was standing next to De'Aaron Fox and Josh Jackson, both of whom were probably, I don't think, alive when <laughs> she was doing Twister. Yeah, that was a late 90s. Movie. 96 flick, I think. Oh, yikes. And then she, they were like, oh, she was an entourage too. And again, it was like, again, Josh Jackson and Darren Fox do not know what that is. No, their parents, their parents did not allow them to watch that television show. So, he, I have I have something to submit. Should yeah, I think the fans should be allowed to pick who represents which team. Of course, like I I think the the teams should maybe be able to submit like nominate, the, the nominees. Yeah, like here's four people you pick can from choose them. from. Choose from yes, because like. I can guarantee you Pistons fans would not have put Luke Kennard up there. Just remind everybody that we didn't remember draft Donovan Remember when we Mitchell. messed up hey, rem me? Remember the guy everybody hates? Let's <laughs> let's make sure everyone knows. Oh, and now we'll have him sit here as we don't get a pick uh, from a trade everybody hated. And then they crammed. They crammed. Uh, so the Celtics had an opportunity if they got the pick. Yeah. You know, so they had to cram two guys in one seat and one of the guys was Elton Brand. Yeah. <laughs> He's like all six, nine of him yep. next to another normal sized yeah. guy in a booth. You yeah. guys share a desk. It was just insane. Like I'd like to see Benny the Bull represent the Bulls. That, I don't yeah. That'd be fun. fun. Or at least like have them all be the same uh, title. Like sure. have them all be fans or have them all be like, yeah. but otherwise what's happening up there? Yeah. You got kids up there i mean it was truly weird yeah it or something just more indicative of the area in which these teams are like what would you have i would love to have seen a drunk philadelphia like yes. someone from philadelphia yes like just screaming go birds and like, <laughs> yeah. with a like carson wentz jersey on yeah like i would give Absolutely. anything to see that bloody divash smoking cigarettes like there it's just it would be an entertaining half hour of content if they made it that way. Instead, they've apparently made it just the dumbest shit 
on it TV. was so dumb. And I know we're spending a lot of time on it, but it's yeah. important. <laughs> it's important. Because... That really sets the tone. Because what we're about to do is ridiculous as yes. well. Man, I, I can't I can't quite get over what I watched last night. And um, I don't know how it's so hard to make like a really compelling, fun thing. Like, they should do the Lottery Balls live, shouldn't they? Oh, they did. Oh, they did? Well, they even... This is where it's weird. Or maybe they... I, honestly, I, Whatever. I blacked out. <laughs> but... They brought, and then they do this thing where they're like, and here's the representative from Ernst and Young who makes this legit. Ah, and yeah. then they bring out a security guy with him. And I'm like, oh, is Ooh. it like, so am I supposed to think to myself, like when that happens, am I supposed to say, oh, Ernst and Young? Yes. Mm, yes. If I know, reputable. If I know them for one thing, it is to make sure lottery balls it's are like, safe. Like, and now we welcome on the representative from Enron yeah. to talk about the viability. But I'm like, does this supposed to make me feel like better about all this? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Apologies if you work for They were also why. analyzing Cleveland drafting at the eighth pick before the picks were made, and they acquired that pick from somebody. So, oh, totes legit. Wouldn't worry, <laughs> wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> so They're just like, Adam Silver's just like, shh, yeah, give shut, him shut, a cookie. Shut, shut, shut up, shut up, shut up. Shut, shut, shut. <laughs> Sorry. Right. The first pick. So we're going to do this. Um, I'm going to go. We're alternating. And um, with the first pick in the NBA draft goes to the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. The Suns were the bad last year. Not good. So bad. And they were bad also uh, because the Western Conference was the good. It's true. So they had that going against him. They have a really nice piece in uh, young Devin Booker. Yeah. Former who, Michigan State recruit. Who's People still forget. somehow like 16 because mm-hmm. he was drafted at like preteens. Correct. So uh, you're going to say to yourself, they're definitely going to go get the unicorn, DeAndre yeah. Ayton. Mm-hmm. And the reason you might think that is because he's amazing. Yeah, he's the very bo- good he's at already, the game of basketball. He's already uh, NBA ready from a body standpoint. He went to University of Arizona, right next door to Phoenix Suns. But I'm going to give you, you the, the listener, a little intel on why, if he's not selected, why that happened. And here it is. So uh, the head coach of Phoenix is a brand new guy selected two weeks ago. His name is Igor Kokoskov, which I yeah, am sure I nailed. That sounded right. And my friend is from Yugoslavia, amongst a few other satellite USSR nations. And he most recently um, has been coaching for the Utah Jazz, who had mm. a really great year. Indeed. Got the gig. And um, in the offseason, was coaching for a handful of national teams in Eastern Europe, from Serbia and Montenegro to uh, Georgia, not the university, and Important. Slovenia as of last year. Important. Slovenia. Because that is where another uh, candidate for the NBA draft number one pick is from. Uh, one, Luka Doncic. Donkic. And Luka... And Igor won Eurobasket last year together mm-hmm. in 2017. And one might think that Igor might say to his bosses, yeah. I had a pretty good thing going. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also, one other quick fun fact, Igor started uh, in the NBA in the year 2000 with uh, Alvin Gentry out west and got hired by uh, the Detroit Pistons in 2003 who then drafted Darko? Don't say oh. Yo, yeah. the ghost of Darko. The ghost. So you might say to yourself, hmm, 
he might go the other way. And Igor says, I want nothing to do with the, yeah. the Eastern Europeans. I can't live it down. Yeah. Or I know how now because of all my experience mm. with the Eastern Europeans working with all Specifically those Specifically this guy. And this guy in particular who is supposed to be pretty good. Yeah. So with the first pick, Phoenix says, thanks for your input, Igor. We're going to sell jerseys <laughs> and get DeAndre Eaton, yeah. the hometown kid. With the number one pick, because no one will tell me we were wrong and no one will get fired. Yeah, I think that's the pick you make. I see the Dockage uh, appeal. You can see how it could happen. I could see how it could happen. I could see the appeal of putting another really good ball handler with size along with uh, Young Dev. Young Dev. And I think the pace and space game is obviously where the NBA is and will continue to go. And he fits that mm-hmm. from a scheme perspective a little better. I just don't think, again, Aiton's from your backyard. Yeah. Like, he is he is a potential unicorn. Um, he's the type of five. He's the type of five that allows you to play the modern style of basketball because you can't really do it with a bad center. Mm-hmm. So you need you need a guy like Aiden. However, the, Aiden is not a sure thing. Nope. Uh, defensively, he somehow is not that good, and he's not a great shot blocker, which is – Stunning at seven one two fifty with crazy athleticism. I need more. Yeah, so that's that would scare be legit. That would legitimately scare me because if was one thing that's tough to teach, it's defense and it's instincts and shot blocking instincts. Uh, and like, it, I mean, you look you look at a guy, and this is not a comparison between the two players, but look at Ennis Cantor. Like Ennis Cantor is a mobile, very good offensive Vi- center, viable center, and he is a horrendous defender. Like a laughably horrendous defender, not because of a lack of athleticism, not because of, of of probably a lack of effort. It's a lack of like instinct. He's not a great. He's not a good shot blocker. And, and like you need that. And I'm and I'm not saying it, to make the comparison between he and Aiden is borderline blasphemous. It's just an example of the fact that that's a tough thing to teach. It's tough, especially when you're the only big out there. You might not have that weak side shot blocking help. So so. The number two viable viable issue in the sec. So we just, if you're keeping track at home, Aiton's off the board and he's on our big board. We just yes. stuck him up, slap him up there. Number two on the clock. Yeah, we have your Kangs of Sacramento, who I like to refer to as the armpit of the NBA. They're they're bad. They're just bad and objectively and, bad. And remember last year when all of a sudden they were like putting these. It was basically they were putting together like. A, a kind of crappy University of Kentucky team yeah. together with not the best ones. The, the, the thing is here that the, the Sacramento has legitimately talented young players. If you look up and down their roster, it's actually surprising. They have um, – their roster is hysterical because they have – Old people? Vince <laughs> Carter and Zach – not just old guys, yeah. like the oldest yep. guys. Yes. In Vince Zach, Z- Zach. Zebo Spartan Dog. And my favorite player of all time is Carter. And then you've also got young gun, good, promising young players like De'Aaron Fox, Bo- Bojan Bogdanovic. Mm-hmm. I want it, I just want to call him Bogdan Bogdanovic because it's way more fun yeah, to me. He's good. He's good. He had a very good year. Um, you've got Scal Lebusier, who might be good. Who might be good. Willie Cauley Stein, who might be trash, yeah. but might also be good. <laughs> Which is why uh, they brought in another Kentucky kid. <laughs> right? You got Justin Jackson. You've got uh, Buddy Heald. You've got. So uh, I'm looking at the roster. Harry like, Giles. Like, I mean, what? 
what went wrong, guys? And you're like, wait a minute, it's Sacramento. I get why they. So I look at that team, and you see all these fun young parts, and you're like, all right, what do you put in here? To me, this team has their, if you want to call it a strength, their depth is around the perimeter, and it seems to me like they are closer to being that pace and space than a lot of other teams. Mm -hmm. So adding a guard like Luka Doncic, who is 6'8", offensively apparently is an... Well, actually, I've watched some of his tape. He is a dynamo offensively, and he gets fired up. He's the type of guy that I think you can sort of have as your anchor and your personality of your team. Mm -hmm. Allows uh, for a lot, a lot, I mean, between Bogdanovich, him, and, uh, I mean, Heald, and De'Aaron Fox. I mean, that's... uh, It's fun. It's not gonna blow the world up but it's 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 a thing pretty good there's a caveat here yeah i will say mm. that i think jaron jackson could go here here's why i think he can't can't cannot cannot because they are still experimenting with skull yeah and and because my I, guy i love skull and, and that's why they can't draft him because they are not quite done with it. I get it, but they didn't play Scal at all last year mm-hmm. over Zach Randolph. Well, that's maybe the transition plan where they're saying we'll you see. need to try. We'll see. I mean, this is his make or break year. Any like he has to play this year or just get yeah, him out of town. Yeah, we're done. But it's if the the case for Doncic is the same case to be made for me for Jaron Jackson, aside from him being the face of the franchise. Yeah. It's yeah, you've got players, but like they're not. This team is still horrible. Yes. So it's like, why not add the best two-way player in the yeah. entire draft, in my opinion, in Jaron Jackson? So, you know, he can compliment. He could compliment Kali Stein if they're into it. Mm-hmm. He could replace Scal if he's not mm-hmm. good. Or you have those three in a rotation in the front court. You still you need more than two players. So it, to me, it could be that. I think they'll go Donkic, especially because Vladi. I mean, I would imagine he's probably a big fan. Um, so I would go there. So the, the top two are chalk. We got Aiden number one to the to the Suns. Donkic number two to the Kings. Third pick here. So here's Atlanta. You mentioned ATL. You mentioned the set Sacramento is a bunch of like seemingly decent pieces on the yeah. team. Atlanta is not that. <laughs> Atlanta might have the most barren roster, and I think the only reason they're the third pick. Is because they were in the Eastern Conference, which allowed them to yeah. win. If in the West, they yeah. might have won eight games. They were horrible. Something called a Dennis Schroeder was their <laughs> leading scorer. I'm not kidding. I know. <laughs> Kent Bazemore is their third leading scorer. Yeah. It, did bazed, you know he was most. still in the league? Like, I truly didn't know that. Yeah. He bazed less this past year. I mean, they are so bad that that they would be, they would be ecstatic if Luka fell to them. Oh, I mean, I think in terms of a team that needs them the most, yes. it's Atlanta. Yes. So that we're saying that doesn't happen. You're saying that does not happen. So Atlanta has just a bunch of hot garbage. I mean, they have nothing. Yeah, it's the type of team that you can put... I think their three best players are all in the front court. Torian Prince. Mm-hmm. Like, they have three decent players. Torian Prince, uh, John Collins, the rookie from West, Wake Forest, was actually pretty damn good this year. And Dwayne Dedman had a real nice year in the center. Yeah. Saying that is something. I mean, it, it's so, tr- it's true, but it, that would not preclude me from taking another front so court here's player. So here's what I need. Thus. When I am at Atlanta, and I'm looking at who's available, and a lot of people are saying, 
you know, the best available now that Aiton and Donkic are off the board is Jaron Jackson. I don't disagree. Not wrong. Jaron Jackson is the best available because people see what he will be able to do in about year three in the mm-hmm. NBA. Yeah. Not to say you can't contribute in year one. I think he could be really good right off the I bat, think but can. I don't think you're talking full final form until year Absolutely. three, four, five. And Atlanta is in full full DEFCON one yeah. mode. Like, we need – I think they also do something stupid and, <laughs> and don't get Jaron Jackson. I think they actually – Go and get what they think to be the sure thing, the big name on the board, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, from Duke. Now, I, I admittedly am not a, I'm not high on, I'm not as high on Bagley as other players or as other people would be. My concern with Marvin Bagley, and basically anybody that was on Duke this past year, mm-hmm. is the fact that I have no idea how they are as an individual defender, and yeah. I am not inclined to expect them to be good. Offensively, you saw it from Bagley. He's he's got it. Mm -hmm. And he reminds me a lot in his entire game, especially offensively, though, of uh, Amari Stoudemire. He's a very – like, he can handle. He can shoot. I don't know if he's – I also think he's going to have to be high volume like Amari was, too, in order to be his max effectiveness. I don't see him as a get 10 shots a game and still able to be – a great player. Yep. Part of that being because I don't know what type of defender he is. I am not inclined to believe he is a good one based on the fact that his team had to play a zone all year. That's not good, right? It's and, not good. And and I don't. Have it just an doesn't say. For you. It just doesn't say anything about. To me, this is a team chock full of five stars, and you're telling me that either your guards aren't good enough to keep people from getting to the hole, or your bigs, both of whom are probably going to go in this lottery area. Mm-hmm. Uh, weren't good enough at defending the paint mm-hmm. to dissuade opposing guards from driving to the paint. Like, that doesn't say much for his lateral quickness defensively. It doesn't say much for his instincts. Now, I think he could ultimately, he's got the size and the body to be a great shot blocker. But I think you're, ta- you're taking Marvin Bagley to be your sell jerseys, mm-hmm. first of all. Mm-hmm. Your face, your young, off- you're building around him offensively. Him and Collins. I mean, you, you can do worse, but again, my, my, my concern here is you need another big with those two. That scares me. Dude, they, the Hawks had 10 of the players on their roster, of their, I think their 15-man roster, were either in their rookies or in their first second year. I mean, so theoretically, they could take a huge step forward with just a year's worth of progression and maybe a guy to, to be the guy. But right again, it just, it just, and I think Bagley will be an instant contributor offensively. Mm-hmm. It just scares me. And I don't know how long-term you succeed with Collins and Bagley being your front court. You're starting three and four, because I think Collins is more of a four than a three. I don't know if he's going to guard many threes, and I don't think Bagley's going to guard many threes. So it's you get into a weird predicament. I think Atlanta at this point is probably too far, so far removed away. from that mattering. Yeah, they're so you far know? away. So I, I get it. I get so taking Bagley to be your guy. He's on number three. Bagley's number three. Onto the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. So this is a tough one. They're an odd little team right now. Yeah. It's a weird team because they are they're old and expensive. Mm-hmm. Generally a really bad combo in the NBA. <laughs> Doesn't work. Not often is that good. And they get hurt a lot. <laughs> weird uh, how that happens. Tough spot to be in. 
This is another team that needs a new – well, first of all, they've always been a poor offensive team. They need somebody who can score. That was never more evident than the last couple of years. I will say, if you're not an NBA fan, this is a team that Tom Izzo would like. Oh, grinding, would love. Just a grinding defense, a rebound first, Yep. just – Beat the hell out of yeah. you, type of. Team. If you're an old school basketball fan, this is and you get team. all and you get all yelling at clouds about modern day NBA, watch, just watch Memphis. You'll enjoy it. And they were fun, really like fun, playoff ready a year, even a year ago. Now they're just a year older and worse. Yeah, and Marcus Ole and and Mike Conley are both in the midst of huge deals. Too old and old and injury prone. So they don't have a ton outside of. That I mean, Tyreek Evans was pretty good for them this year, but in terms of like youth, Marshawn Brooks, Marshawn Brooks came out of nowhere to be good. Um, but he only played like a handful yeah. of games. Yeah, Deontay Davis obviously is 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 looking pretty good there, but they need somebody, a true difference maker that can really score the rock. And again, I think if Marvin Bagley is there, he's a really good fit for, for the them. Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah, a really good fit. But um, he's off the board. But he's off the board. Um, I also think Donkic would make a lot of sense for them. Again, he's off the board. Um, so you're looking at a group from with no – I don't think there's an obvious answer with this pick, but I believe – now, that being said, I think had this player been healthy all year, A, he might be off the board at this point. B, I think it would be an obvious home run. And that's uh, Michael Porter. The, Ooh, yeah, the, the com- wild card yeah, of the draft. The combo forward – from Mizzou, I get technically Mizzou. I yeah. mean, he played there for like three games. Three games, I think. Um, was the number one recruit in college basketball coming into this season. Uh, is real good mm-hmm. from from all indications. His high school film, again, it's high school, but his AAU film is incredible. He was a man of, I, from what I remember of his McDonald's All-Star game, pretty damn good. Um but he's that 3-4. He's a true scorer. Again, defensively, probably not the guy that Grizzlies would love to have. But this is the type of difference maker where he's 6-10. He's got handles. He can stroke. Yeah, like, he's a 6-10, not power forward. He's the type of guy that doesn't go to Memphis unless you draft him. Mm-hmm. So I would swing for the fences if I'm Memphis because I'm trying to – Yeah. Because this is a team, again, aging superstars, aging expensive superstars. If you can find a young gun to help with that transition – you know, maybe they get frisky next year. I don't. I don't. As a Michigan State fan, I hate the pick. Yeah. <laughs> as a as a Memphis yeah. Grizzlies fan, I'm saying okay. Yeah, like I don't. I I mean, I think Jaron and, could could be a fit here too. And I want. And I uh, want. Jaron could be a fit in literally any yeah, team. First of all, yes. There's a. Remember when we said we weren't really bad at this and we're not epically stupid? Yeah. Jaron will like be the second fit. Oh, and so of course we might be. Well, I, we caveated that. Yeah. <laughs> If, if you want to go back to our Michigan State basketball team, if you if you want to be sad about something, <laughs> uh, Mizzou, they have two yeah. first-rounders. They have two first-rounders. They're going to have, uh, obviously, Porter, and then they'll have Jonte Porter. Uh, Another Porter. The Porter brothers. Yes. Yeah, he's a 6'11 center freshman last year. Sure. he's He will be a first-rounder. Yeah. Like, I mean, so he, they, he's the type of player that would have made Mizzou a legitimate yeah, contender. But I mean, like you want to talk, like, hey, we had, yeah, we, at least we, we got, sad. We won, at least we won the Big Ten championship. Like, we got something yeah. out of it. Yeah. So moving on. Yeah. Okay. So Porter, next pick. So we're to Dallas Mavs, and this is a sad franchise right now. Yeah. Um, talk about a team in a tough spot. So what they need right now is again, 
Well, they need front court scoring because old jerk. He's still playing technically. He is. They need to take him out back. Yeah, he's old about to get old Yeller thing, hard. Like, and speaking of a spot on the bench, sure. Like whatever oh, yeah. you want, buddy. He's gonna own part of the team, I bet. He's boys with Cuban. Yeah, the Cubes. <laughs> you said something earlier, and you said something about Bagley selling jerseys. Yeah, and that resonates with me very little, except yeah. when you're in a market with the number one uh, university or fans. Yeah, University of Texas. They have one Mo Bamba. Yep, and there's a chance to get him in Dallas. Yeah. Dallas all of a sudden become they are now keep in mind Dallas is competing with the very hot Houston Rockets and always popular San Antonio Spurs for the Texas fandoms. Yeah. When you can pull a hometown kid, all of a sudden those Austin yeah fans become Dallas fans. Yeah. And it's not just the jersey sales. Not. He's got a seven nine wingspan. He's Which, a prolific shot blocker. For, for comparison, Jaron Jackson's wingspan which is insane is yeah. seven four yeah so add five inches to that that's insane yeah and now he's not he doesn't have the the jumper that jackson does although he flashed it a little bit this year yeah he is he is going to be an elite defender from day one the type of anchor that teams absolutely dream about having do not let mo Bamba's statistics fool you to the naked eye they were better than jaron jackson's yeah however however offensively <laughs> Per 40 yeah. says otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Bob is a good fit, though. I, I mean, you, if you want to milk some more out of Dirk, you could probably... Giving him a uh, freak of nature shot blocker behind him is a good way to start. That's the type of player who can erase a lot of mistakes. They can clean Him and Dennis a lot Smith? Of, they can clean a lot of things, mistakes up. Yeah. And he and Dennis Smith, it's not a bad start. So Bamba... Off the board, Jaron Jackson is sitting still in, there, still in the green room. Yeah, snubbed, snubbed thus far. Onto the Orlando Magic. Oof, talk about a sad franchise. These guys are—they need a point guard so bad, so bad, in the worst way. Yeah. That is what they need first and foremost. Yeah, and lucky for them, um, if you really like this guy or watched any. If you watched any, literally a one minute of college basketball this year, you know the name Trey Young, mm-hmm. point guard from Oklahoma. Um, got some aggressive Steph Curry comparisons as the year went on. Yeah, uh, I think aggressive for my yeah, taste. He is a absolutely perfect fit to me uh, in Orlando. Um, he's a, I think he's going to be a pretty decent NBA player. He can't guard a soul, but um, offensively, he's going to be pretty solid right off the bat. And he's the type of player. Honestly, if you look at the rest of their team, aside from Nikola Vucevic, like you've got some at Jonathan Simmons and Aaron Gordon are some real athletes on the wing. If you ever actually committed to making the most of them, and you still have Jonathan Isaac who didn't do a damn thing this year, but you put Trey young in charge of that and you commit to being fast. You might actually have a, you know, some fun down there. So I think again, sell jerseys, face of the franchise. They need a point guard desperately. So I think that's an, that's one of the easier picks of this draft. Can I give you a quick sidebar MSU related? Sure. I, I've told you this I think before because it like I had to take a walk after I read this. <laughs> Do you remember that team for USC that Travis Walton beat? Yes. By himself in the second round. Yep. Very well. You know who their best player was, right? Demer Derozan. No, it was Taj Gibson. Yeah, I know. 
Their second best player was DeMar DeRozan. Ah. Well, you just pronounced it differently, that's all. You know who else was on that roster? Vucevic. Yeah. The best player on the Magic. Now. That's insane. That was a really good team. <laughs> that seems insane. Yeah, that was a really good team. They have three like, legitimate. Good NBA players. Two very good NBA players and one all-star. Yeah. And Travis Walton beat them. <laughs> Feel good about that, Spartan fans. By, by himself. Alone. Yeah, that's insane. So I thought everyone should feel... We're yeah. trying to make people feel good here. All right. So we're on to the seventh pick. Seventh. We're in the Shy City. Yeah. The place we call home. And what? I gotta tell you... The, I think this is where this is where it happens. It happens. It absolutely happens. It has to happen. Denzel runs up to the stage and makes the announcement himself. Yeah, he's standing behind Valentine. S- Stuff the Magic Dragon waiting <laughs> to make this pick. And your young Jaron Jackson Jr. is now a Chicago Bull. Yeah, in this scenario. In this scenario. And I, I will say, I have a hard to this this to me is a very viable situation. I could also see him going as high as number two, but this is is such, such a good situation, scenario for both player and team. And we are not Bulls fans. I want to preface that. Pistons fans. So, but, it sounds like we're Bulls fans because we let him drop all the way. Right, no. We think that this is legitimate and that Bulls team all of a sudden becomes really cool. You yeah. have a 6'5 point guard, which you guys know yeah. and have seen play Two pretty well. Him and Zach Levine both. Zach Levine. And then you also have on the front court, young Laurie Markman, who oh, is one of my favorite players. Austin's dream. And so, and then you add Jaron to this mix, and the Bulls aren't trying to win necessarily this year. You know, so they're okay, in my they're okay letting I mean, Jaron grow up. Yeah, and you've got Chris Dunn, you've got Bobby Portis. I mean, they're not bad. It's not so, a bad team. So they're not going to rely on Jaron all of a sudden to be coming in and being the guy, much like Atlanta maybe relying on uh, uh, Bagley in our yeah. scenario to be the guy. I mean, we've already talked so much about what Jaron Jackson is as a player. I legitimately believe him to be the best two-way player in this class, and both sides of that coin could not just be he's very good at both. I think he could be an elite I think he's going to be an elite NBA defender, especially weak side shot blocker. Um, I think offensively he has a chance to be the one of the premier three and D bigs. Um, We think he can be great. And if you haven't uh, Googled it, I think we said it on the pod before, look up what uh, Anthony Davis looked like when he was 18 and and look at him now and then look at what Giannis and Tanta I almost did. Now it. you got there. I did it. I, I even practiced uh, <laughs> the Greek freaks 18 year old picture and today, and you'll see Jaron looks strikingly similar yeah. in body type to them, which is why NBA scouts are drooling and see him becoming a extremely versatile weapon yeah. um, once he puts on the weight. And he even practiced with. Uh, did you see that he practiced with KG recently? He did. And that just. If, that was I'm, cool. if I'm a team, that's who I'm trying. That's who I'm trying to trying to make him play like. So uh, he ends up a bull. We've got multiple Spartans in the Windy City, and 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 that's all good. So we're going to keep the MSU themes going into this, whereas we hit the second half of the the lot, lot, yeah. lottery here. 
Cleveland, owned by a Spartan. Yes, indeed. Um, they're in a rough spot right now. They are very upset that Jaron Jackson just went one pick in front of them. Oh, because they can upset. smell it. It uh, was I mean, so close. He, it's almost yeah. a thing. Remember, remember, what do we say happiness was? Reality minus nice expectation. expectation. Yes. The reality was happening, and they weren't yeah. expecting it, <laughs> and it felt so good. The ratio was so solid. Uh, Cleveland's in a tough spot because you're seeing the dream die. Yeah, yeah. you're watching it be clawed. Yeah, and they're going to be in a really tough spot because a lot of people are saying LeBron's hitting the road. Yeah, this is the Kyrie Irving pick, by the way. Yeah, this is this many years later. Yikes! So there is a lot of talent still on the board here. Um, You have a Spartan owner. Yeah. You you have uh, Miles Bridges still on the board. Yep. His uh, agent. Yeah. Is who? Rich Paul, I believe. Uh, he's represented by LeBron's. And agent. Rich Paul has been on and and around with yeah. Miles at Cleveland Cavs games yeah. a lot. So you can see if you read the tea leaves that that, that might happen. However. We do not uh, think. <laughs> yeah, I do not see that. First of all, I think if you're looking for a place for a trade, yeah. this is where it happens. Yeah. Um, I think if Cleveland's trying to keep LeBron around, they probably try to leverage this for uh, some type of immediate help. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's you know like a Kemba Walker would make a lot of sense here. Kawhi. In which Kawhi, yeah, they're never going to get Kawhi. There's <laughs> no chance. There's, they don't have nearly what other teams have to offer for him. But fun, fun analogy. Uh, I, I think this pick, if they, I think again, the likely destination would probably be something like Charlotte. In which case, I think the player that we have going applies to both teams, and that is uh, Colin Sexton, the point guard from Alabama. Um, scares me a little bit because he can't really shoot yet, um, but he's a very good defender. He's a big kid. He can fly down the court. He has cool hair, a, gr- a great name, and he's a playmaker. And if you're looking at it from Cleveland's perspective, that is exactly they're really what you value need. cool here because lebron's right. airline is so poor yikes so that is but they also just they don't and you're seeing it happen they don't have anybody else who can create a damn thing offensively besides lebron and at the very least colin sexton will be able to you know do something be yeah frisky i mean he's not a horrible shooter he's 34 percent from three you know mm. you know eh. e field goal is uh 49.8 yeah so i mean again he's fine they're not going to be in he's not bad great. shape so if we think Colin goes to the Cavs. Yes. Yeah? Uh, I would say so in this situation. In a no-trade In a no-trade scenario, you need another – they desperately need another playmaker, which is why I think – this is not exactly a hot take. I think they try to move this pick for Kemba, and I think that Charlotte wants to get that off the books and commit to the rebuild, in which case I think taking Colin Sexton here for Charlotte makes a ton of sense mm-hmm. to replace him. So either way, we think you might go. Either way, I kind of feel like he's penciled in there for now. So moving on to pick nine, you have the New York Knicks. And they they have a weird team. They have Christoph Porzingad. Yeah. And uh, you have... uh, Frank. You have... Frank Nikilatina. And you have uh, committed a large sum of money to uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. for some reason. Yeah. And uh, you're... Point guard, you have to make a decision if you're really like you got to look in the mirror. Yeah, and you got to say, are we really doing this with Trey Burke being our point guard? I don't think they're doing. I think Nikolatina is the, the the true answer at point guard. They're gonna they'd be stupid to let Burke go. Burke had a great year for them. Whoa. 
I'm they were just, terrible. <laughs> they were bad, but you got it. Those are the types of players that, I mean, I don't think he's a starter, but as a backup, you, nothing wrong with a little firepower Isn't off the bench. Dude, you're the Knicks. Like, you haven't been relevant in how long? You had, like, one fun year with Melo and Amare. And, and like, Jeremy it, Lin. Since, <laughs> yeah, dude, you had Lin Sanity. You had one week of good ball. Since Patrick Ewing. I mean, Patrick Ewing's the head coach at Georgetown. Wow. And he's old. New York, he's very old. Dude, the, oh, man. So we think... A, yeah, the Mecca. We think the Knicks are probably just going to take the biggest name on the board, which yeah. is uh, Wendell Carter. And we've already talked about how we think he might um, have some shortcomings that we didn't even get to see in college, specifically on the defensive end. Um, that said, he is definitely going to be the best available um, in the scenario we just walked through. So, Austin, you have the 10th pick with the yeah. Philadelphia 76ers, well, who all of a sudden... Um, let, let me say one thing. Well, no, I'll get to it after this. Yeah, who all of a sudden um, were feeling really good about the process until they weren't. <laughs> yeah, really good about the process until they realized Ben Simmons not shooting is a big deal. Or Mark um, Helfoltz. Or Mark Helfoltz. I think, again, this, this is another pick that I think could be out there um, in tandem with Markel Fultz potentially for a guy like Kawhi Leonard. Mm. However, if they want to commit to, uh, in this scenario, you know, that trade would be made elsewhere or not at all. And if they're going to stand pat, they're like, all right, we're in it with Fultz. We've waited for a year. We think he could be the difference maker in terms of another ball handler and a, a scorer. Um, I think they hit an absolute home run with Mikal Bridges, Michael Bridges, not Miles. The other oh, one. so close. Yeah, so M. Bridges, just M.I. Bridges even. Uh, M.I.K. Bridges. Um, I think, to me, this is, in terms of fit and team, This it doesn't get any better than this. Not only on the court, but off the court. Philly kid yep. went to Villanova. Exactly. They all love him. Exactly. Be a hero from day one. He can also replace yes. Robert Covington from day one, so and at, who has gotten exposed, but is luckily not committed to with a lot of money. He was awful <laughs> in their last series. I mean, yeah. they're asking him to be a th- one of the premier 3D guys in the league. He was not terrible. He had 12 points in his last four games or something like that. I think I did. He was awful. Yeah, I almost had that many. Um, he had one point in one game. It seems like a, Ben Simmons. Yeah, he did that too. Yeah, the <laughs> Mikhail Bridges. He uh, makes a lot of sense. He makes too much sense to not go here. So yes, it, it feels right. I think that they are going to be tempted by another ball handler, but I also see that as Markel faults. I think this makes too much. Yeah, sense. I think if this actually this scenario actually played out, this He's, makes too much sense. I will say. That at nine, this was John's pick. John made the odd picks. I made the even picks. So nine, New York. You put Wendell Carter there. To me, if you pass on Mikhail Bridges as New York, you're doing only yourself a massive disservice. And we know them I, to be giving themselves disservices all the it's time. It's kind of their thing. <laughs> so I think this pick is more, this was one of those, this is what we think the team will do. On brand. To me, yes, very good. Uh, to me, Mikael Bridges fits new, what New York should be going for much more than Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter, again, because he went to Duke, you have no idea what he's going to be as a defender. Uh, he might be a decent shot blocker, but what I what you do know is he his fit alongside Porzingis is awkward. I don't know how how he makes that work. I just. 
I don't know. Because I don't think he's an outstanding defender. I think Porzingis can play with another big, but he has to be a really good defender and another good shot blocker. I don't see Wendell Carter as the type of guy who's going to chase small ball fours around the court. And I don't see Porzingis as somebody they should have doing that. I think Mikal Bridges solves that 3-4 gap. Mm-hmm. You could even run Mikal Bridges out there in a real small ball four with Porzingis at the five. I just think he gives them a lot of versatility, and all of a sudden you're looking at Mikel Atina, who's got the crazy wingspan. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Mikel Bridges, who's got the crazy wingspan. And you're looking at the unicorn in Porzingis. So, to me, that pick makes way more sense. However, I think Carter will be the pick. So, again, to recap, let's do recap the top ten before we get into the final five, four here. Jeez, math. Uh, first, Phoenix Suns taking DeAndre Ayton. Second, Kings with Donkic. Third, Atlanta with Marvin Bagley. Fourth, Memphis with Michael Porter. Fifth, Dallas with Mo Bamba. Sixth, Orlando with Trey Young. Seventh, Chicago with Jaron Jackson Jr. Eighth, Cleveland with Colin Sexton. Ninth, New York with Wendell Carter. Tenth, Philadelphia, Mikhail Bridges. So Brings got, us to number 11. 11, we still got uh, Spartan Dog on the board. Um, and Gary's waiting in the, in the wings with the Nuggets here at the 14th pick. So, uh, Charlotte, this is a... As I'd like to call a bum-ass franchise, yeah. Austin. It's not good. They are in so much trouble. Their best player doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And that's going to make this pick hard. So mm-hmm. Indeed. Have, so they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do here. And the easily the best player available, yep. in my opinion, at this point, is our one Miles Bridges. Agreed. And I don't think you, bringing him in with and not even knowing who uh, they're going to go get for Kemba, Yeah, you are safe. Yeah, I think you do it. Miles can be moved, yep. moved like in a, to a different position. Well, he fits the modern-day NBA very well. Mm-hmm. I think he is, he's lucky to be coming in when he is because I don't think he's a true three. I think it's been proof, proof, eh, proof positive the last two years that his matchups at the four and his ability to be that small ball four mm-hmm. while still having the size to, com- to compete defensively is what's going to make him truly a great player. Now, I think you'll see him kind of all over the place because you could, with, with the way he shoots, you could even defend the two That's and right. shoot That's right. from and, the two. And, and we saw him uh, chase some people. We also saw him on the block. And that's yeah. why people, are, they love him, you know, and that's why I love him. And that's why after, you know, NBA scouts, they listen to this podcast, they're going to say, <laughs> well, there's that one guy who said he was kind of reminded of a Magic Johnson. Yeah. So I think that'll put him over the top and, yeah. and get him the eleventh uh, pick. This isn't the best landing spot in terms of immediate no immediate uh, success. He's However, so sad if he goes there, it's I'll be very sad. His jersey will look sweet though. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that'll be cool. But it's you know if you make this Colin Sexton and Miles Bridges, all of a sudden your future looks kind of fun. But you're talking about um, I, I will say that I think. This this is his best opportunity in terms of location where he could chase the Rookie of the Year award. Ooh. I don't think he'll win it. I no. think there's plenty of others. But in terms <laughs> of opportunity and in terms of workload, there it is. I don't really think there's any. I, you go through those top ten. I don't yeah. see many aside from, well, God, Bag- Bagley. Bagley for sure. Uh, Trey Young. Might get some love. May, yeah, but That's you it. can't tell me that any of the other guys are going to be carrying – Larger loads. loads necessarily than Miles Bridges, so I would be into Miles in that spot from that perspective. But um, 
He needs some help. It's not a good. It's not a great landing not, spot, especially considering the team that picks the next two picks and the team that picked the one in front. So the next two picks actually go to with the Clippers. Yeah. So uh, Austin one of and them I, we get to team up. One of them, courtesy of the Detroit Pistons. Oh man. Sad. So uh, you got to think that they're going to go upside pick and mm-hmm. safety pick. Yeah. If they go back to back here. Mm-hmm. So with that, uh, you're up. The 12th yeah. pick. So my 12th pick is uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander from the Clippers. I was ex- no, from the. Oh, you said what did I say? From the Clippers. Well, soon, soon. But where is maybe? <laughs> uh, Kentucky. There it is. Yeah. Tell me a little. You you you're a recruit guy. Tell me yes. about it. So <laughs> Gilgis Alexander. Everybody knows that Kentucky is known for their recruiting classes. Well, every once in a while the Lower recruits they have end up being the best players. Case in point, Gilgis Alexander, he was the seventh, I believe, the seventh highest rated recruit in their recruiting class last year. That's, That's insane. That is insane. And he's going to go number 12 overall in this. So, so I don't know where the other guys are, but uh, he is, he's a, he has a ton of potential to me. There is the safety element of what he does uh, in the fact that he's, you know, Long arm, going to probably be a plus defender, can get to the rack. Not a great shooter just yet, but he's like 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can fly down the court, too. Um, I think his upside is really great. And and frankly, if you're the Clippers, you know, you're clearly getting ready to move on to your next era of basketball if you're yep. trading away Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Probably. DeAndre Jordan, Jordan probably sh- being shown the door here pretty soon. Um, so with that, yeah. They, so I think I like Shea as a backcourt piece for them. So you just mentioned if they're probably ushering in a new era, there is an opening potentially yes. for uh, a replacement for DeAndre. Indeed, there is, and that person is probably Robert Williams. If you've been a long listener of the podcast, we mentioned him one time before, mm. and we did that uh, when we were talking about um, who could be the SEC Player of the Year. I don't even know why we were talking about it. Mm. But I remember talking... Could have been. <laughs> Just for... Oh, because they were... I remember why. Why? Because we thought they might play Michigan. Because they were in the same bracket as Michigan. They were uh, going to play UNC, and then they did play Michigan, and they got run out the gym. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Fun! Ron, <laughs> so Ron, we think he will be the safety pick because we think he's pretty solid, which moves on to the 14th and final uh, pick of the lottery, which we're going to end here yeah. with your Denver Nugs. And Gary Harris um, saw some serious t- tick last year and got some serious shine. And they won 46 games. I think we're the second team um, in NBA history to win that many games and not make the playoffs. So um, there's a lot of potential with the Nuggets. They have a core of Gary. They're running with Jamal Murray. And uh, the Joker mm-hmm. uh, at running point center <laughs> for them. And did I tell you the story about Jokic? It's really good. Okay. No, I think I told you about Gary telling that story about Jokic. Okay. So he hangs out with Jokic because they were drafted together. And uh, Gary goes over to his house to like play video games and stuff. Well, Nikola Jokic has two older as big Serbian brothers <laughs> that live with him and um, apparently beat the hell out of him. And uh, they get into, like, these weird shirtless wrestling matches all the time in their massive living room. That's and, the most Serbian thing yeah, I've ever heard. and Gary's, like, 
you guys play too much. Like, I can't yeah. deal with this. So then, during uh, one of their games, Gary said he was watching, and Nicola got, got into it with somebody, and he looked up, and uh, Nicola's two older brothers were coming down, uh, like, running down. Like, they were like, this is a real fight. Like, this is happening. And they weren't just, like, coming down the steps. They were walking over the chairs, like, oh aisle God. by aisle, because they were both seven feet tall. And so, and Nicola had to tell them, like, no, stay back, because security couldn't stop them. Oh, like, during a game? During a game. That an actual NBA terrifying. game. terrifying. And Gary was like, I'm just glad I'm with Nicola. <laughs> These older brothers are like, no one can touch Nicola but us. Yeah. Like, we get to beat the hell out that of That is terrifying. So, that's the Gary story So, about that's what Nicola. this guy's about to get into. So, they're, they're, they're going to have to find someone who can fit with that mold. Yeah. Who do you think that is? I think it's Kevin Knox. We're going to go back to Kentucky, back to the well. Safe. Um, yeah. Again, I think in the front court, they could probably use somebody to go alongside, um, you know, one of those shot blocking centers to go alongside Jokic mm-hmm. or a space the floor, you know, stretch four type guy. Yeah. Uh, I think Kevin Knox is, he's just a scorer. Like he's going to get buckets. Yeah. And um, he's not going to hurt you. No, he's got a potential to be a real efficient, real good uh, 3-4 right off the bat. He has a great-looking stroke. Mm-hmm. He's got a little bit of a handle. Um, he, I, I like him. I think at 14, if you're Denver, a team that won, you said 48 games? I think it's 46. 46 games, mm-hmm. and you can add what looks like it could end up being, maybe not this year, but eventually you know, 17, 18-point-per-game guy who, mm-hmm. who can hold his own defensively. It's not a bad guy to have. I I think at 14, that's about as good as Denver could possibly hope for. That takes us through. We did it. It does. To recap, your Spartans are going to the Bulls, Jaron Jackson Jr., and poor Miles is headed to Charlotte, which is lovely. Mm. It's a lovely town. It is. It's a nice town. Um, And that leaves us to, how about a prop bet? Yeah. To wrap things up. Yeah. So. I uh, love these. I mentioned that uh, there were eight uh, Big Ten t- uh, players that were invited to the NBA combine. Mm-hmm. How many NBA players do you believe will be drafted with an over/under of five point five? Ooh, that's tough. Do you want me to name the? people I would like that... to know the eight players that were okay. invited. Okay, so you have obviously Miles, yep. um, Jaron Jackson, mm-hmm. and then you have uh, Mo Wagner. Mm-hmm. You have. Uh, Tony Carr. Mm-hmm. Did he sign an agent? He did. Ugh. Bruno Fernando of Maryland. Kevin Hoyter of Maryland. Did they sign agents? Justin Jackson of Maryland. Did they all sign agents? I don't know. Oof, I hope and not. He, and uh, your, I believe, Big Ten Player of the Year, uh, Kieta Bates-Diop. Okay. Five and a half? Five and a half. I'm going to say under. Um, Ooh, who gets uh, drafted? Hmm. Oh, this is tough. Actually, you know what? If Justin Jackson goes, I'll say I'll say over. Think I think six. it'll be six. I think um, you might be right. If Justin Jackson goes, otherwise, because neither of those other two Maryland guys are getting picked. Because in the first round, I think you've got the two state guys and Bates Diop are locks. You think? I, he's a lock? I think I think Bates Diop is uh, probably somewhere in the teens, even. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen. I know he's old, but like. He's he's a guy that can come in and contribute and get you buckets right away. He's made he's six eight with a long ass wingspan. He could shoot. He's pretty damn good. Uh, I like him, and he's totally the type of guy that if he slides, that Golden State will take. 
and he'll be incredible from day one. Like that, just based on art, like his yeah. prototype, mm-hmm. that is he will absolutely get drafted in the first okay. round. Um, Justin Jackson, same thing. I think he is probably an end of the first round type guy, maybe mid. Eh, I mean, I guess he did get injured this year, but um, again, six seven can stroke. He's good as hell. I would go back to school if I was him, personally. Yeah, because I think if you really put on a little bit of weight and have a big year, which he definitely could have, I would expect him to have next year at Maryland. I, I, I can't believe you you think about these guys are going so high, but okay. I think Bates Diop definitely is. Justin Jackson, I think could, yeah, uh, I think he gets taken at some point or another. Wouldn't be surprised at all if it's the end of the first round. Carr, I think is a second round guy. Um, although I will say there's a dearth of, sh- there's not a lot of shooting guards in this draft. And I think he. A couple in front of him, you have Lonnie Walker, probably Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll buy then, that. And then the, the hero of the uh, NCAA finals, Dante. Uh, oh, DiVincenzo? DiVincenzo. Is he in the, he's going into the draft? He could. Okay. Well, I put, I mean, listen, we watched Tony Carr. I watched way too much Tony Carr this year, and he's he's real deal. Stuck. Real deal. I mean, he outplayed Bates Diop every time they played each other. And you have, uh, with him, he is like the safest yeah. second-round pick. Yes. I feel 100%. so good about that. 100%. Right? He can come in and get you buckets day one. Malcolm Brogdon, mm. better scorer. But in, not in, as good a defender. In the sense that I feel so good. Yeah, you're like, okay, that. I know what I'm getting. Oh, I'm I got to get it right away. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I think Carr's going to get picked. Um, and I think Mo Wagner gets picked. Mo Wagner, mm-hmm. to me, is just asking to be drafted by the Spurs. Like, he, it's, and he's going it, to, he's a good player. I could not stand him at Michigan. I hated it. And the players I end up really hating are the ones that are so good. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like that, where you just they make you feel helpless, and that's what Mo Wagner did to MSU every single time they played. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's he's obviously not the next level athlete. I don't know that he's ever a starter on a team that's going to win, you know, a championship. But I think he's a long term NBA player. He's got a great stroke. He's huge. He's already put on. Look at him. Talk about a transformation yeah. from freshman year to sure. this past year. Big time. You see, everybody seems to love him as a kid. Um, I think uh, counterpoint. Yeah, DJ Wilson. It's different. DJ, I get it. I get it. DJ Wilson was the flash in the pan that everybody should have seen coming. Mm-hmm. Whereas Wagner has been consistently this good since day one. All right, I'll give you that. And is not reliant on just hitting threes it's true i mean it's part of his game but he can post up too and he's got the size and the bulk to do it i think he's getting overlooked and i he reminds me yes he's white yes he's european but he reminds me he reminds me of Pau Gasol. wow i'm just saying he's more perimeter oriented but if you watch them play he's more athletic than Pau Gasol. we're done talking about michigan people. i i get it i'm just <laughs> listen i'll go to bat for him because i just I'll also say that I'll finish with this. I think he's going to be a good player. I would not be surprised to see him get drafted at the end of the first, more likely probably a mid-second round guy, just mm-hmm. because teams know what they're going to get. Why take why take the sure thing? That's what happens in the NBA is those sure things end up getting pushed back yep, in the do. draft. They do. Um, Everyone's hunting for the, the... The huge upside. Yep. Guess who's got a lot more of it? Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson. Miles Bridges. I think ultimately they're better pros, but I yep. think Wagner's going to be pretty darn good. So... We did it. That's it. We that did was it. fun. That was fun. Hey, 
if you're still listening, thanks, man. Yeah. Or lady. So you tell Shout us. Shout us out which player you disagree with us the most on. Disagree yeah. with us the most on. Or tell us where you think Jaron Jackson will go. Yes. And and you don't have to say why. Yeah, no. You just also, tell us where idiots. Tell us, yeah, we're used to it. Also, uh, let us know what you want to hear on the pod this summer. Yeah. We have a couple things lined up. Yeah, I think the next thing, we'll, we'll probably do another rewatch here pretty soon. Um, we're going to wait to analyze too much before we until we get a little closer to the season. So it's, it's a summer. We're going to have some fun. It's and, summer break. Let's go. And I will be headed to the NBA Summer League to watch Jaron and Miles play. So uh, be ready for some live tweeting. Yeah, we'll do it. All right, right. cool. Well, for John, as always, this has been Austin. Uh, Thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you in a couple weeks. See you around. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.